Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me, I have my new friend, Don. Don, welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. Thanks a lot, Dave. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Can you uh, tell us about your life, your marriage, your ministry, and what ministry projects you're working on today? Okay. Uh, we live in Tennessee, in a suburb of Memphis. I've spent uh, my life as uh, being a seminary theology professor and academic dean here at Memphis uh, Theological Seminary. And then I uh, switched over uh, to publishing and uh, worked for a dozen years as an editor for Westminster John Knox Press, working home here in Memphis. I've been a pastor, and uh, <clears throat> so uh, we, uh, Joe and I, have two sons, uh, four grandchildren, and uh, so we uh, keep busy in the midst of all things uh, here uh, in the recent period, and uh, just uh, keep trying to uh, do what we can to uh, the glory of God, I guess. You could say. I am uh, working right now. I've written a lot of books, and uh, right now my two current projects is a, a third edition of a big fat uh, reference book, a, his, a historical dictionary of Reformed churches that I've written with Bob Benedetto, who is a friend. Uh, it's We're updating all the articles, and so uh, that's been a big uh, project. And then another uh, scholar friend and I are doing a little book on uh, Heinrich Bullinger, who was the successor to. Uh, Zwingli as reformer in uh, Zurich in the 16th century. So we want to write a little introduction to uh, Bullinger's uh, theology, especially for pastors and uh, lay people. So those are keeping me busy right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely stay busy then with writing and everything. Well, can you tell us about this book, Everyday Prayer with John Calvin, why you wrote it, and how you hope it'll be received? Theology is a part of a concordialist available and accessible to uh, people who don't read the uh, primary sources or don't go to seminary and who uh, hear these but don't know anything about their thoughts. So uh, my approach has been to uh, recognize people won't read the uh, sources, so they will perhaps uh, use devotional books. And so the method has been to take a couple sentences from a reformer or a theologian and then write a one-page devotional book over but devotional uh, uh, treatment of that sentence to try to help people understand what the uh, sentences mean uh, theologically and then also what their important is for our Christian life today. And so in one sense, uh, my question has been uh, the question from the book of Ezekiel. Can these bones live? Can these old theological uh, writings and uh, theologians uh, have some meaning uh, for our faith in uh, the 21st century today? So I've uh, done a number of these books now on uh, Calvin, a couple, uh, Luther, uh, Karl Barth, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and uh, when I talked to my friends at the PNR Publishing, I went to uh, college with the 
president, uh, Bryce Craig, wanted to do something with uh, him, and so we came on the uh, idea of uh, treating the topic of prayer in this uh, devotional fashion uh, with a quotation from uh, the uh, theologian and then the uh, devotion on it, and uh, to do three books, one, uh, Everyday Prayer with John Calvin, the second one, uh, Everyday Prayer with the Reformers, the Protestant Reformers of the 16th uh, and early 17th century, and then uh, next summer will be out Everyday Prayer with the Puritans. And so these are a kind of trilogy uh, to help people understand uh, what these people had to say about prayer, and then also uh, to uh, help in our own Christian lives uh, with the uh, practice of uh, prayer. Well, what you said is so important. You know, uh, people need to have, especially lay people, they need to have, you know, um, accessible theology. And, and this is very, very accessible. And so I, I appreciate that. It's it's a huge need in the church, as you know. So I, I appreciate your work on these uh, these books. Well, how can John Calvin's teaching on prayer practically impact our, our lives? Well, that uh, was something I was asking, really, uh, for each of the uh, 85 devotions uh, that are in the book, and then we have 15 prayers uh, from Calvin. But uh, each of them uh, uh, was written with that in mind, and so there are a lot of uh, different mentions to us. But uh, just to uh, you know, pick out three emphases uh, kind of that are basic, uh, just in terms of the names of uh, three of the devotions. One is that God is always willing to meet us, uh, which means that we can pray anytime. Uh, that God always hears us, always uh, is wanting us. Right. So that's uh, a kind of uh, freedom for us, not to think that prayer just has to be at certain times or in certain situations, but God is always willing to meet it. A second one uh, is out of despair comes hope. That one uh, was drawn from Calvin's comments uh, in the Book of Lamentation, uh, that the uh, closer the despair, which is kind of uh, the main theme of Lamentation, despair brings us, draws us closer to God, that in our despair, as we hand over everything to God, then hope uh, can emerge. And so that that's a, a word for us that no matter how bad things get in life, uh, that that despair that we throw into the lap of God, as uh, some reformer put it, um, really can bring us to hope because we are entrusting ourselves totally uh, to God. Third thing is uh, unapparent answers to prayer. And this is something we all uh, have in our lives that we pray and it doesn't seem as though uh, God answers our prayers. But sometimes God answers our prayers in ways that we don't perceive. And so as we keep reflecting on uh, our prayers and what God is doing in our lives, we may find uh, answers to prayer that we didn't expect. Mm. Uh, so that's what makes prayer the most exciting thing you can do, because you can continue to pray and you never know how God's answers are going to come to you. So those are just uh, three things, I think, that uh, very practically yeah. can help to shape and inform our lives of prayer. Uh, that's that's so good. Just, just remembering who God is and what He he's like you know um that that's so critical in that you know he doesn't uh it, it's a throne of grace hebrews 4 14 through 16 says so he summons us to come before that throne of grace and and mercy uh to receive help in time of need you know right. and that's the that's the greatest thing in the world i mean that that's just a reminder of it's it's a throne of grace it's not a throne of condemnation it's a it's a throne of grace and he summons me there um gosh just the thought of that blows my mind i mean so, good stuff. Well, is uh, Everyday 
prayer with John Calvin is is that is this a is this a good tool for small group settings? Yes, uh, it, it can be. And in fact, I was uh, part of uh, what's in my mind when I write it. I write these books. Uh, you can use them, of course, devotionally, personally. And I uh, always set out in the front the kind of uh, way in which uh, it can be approached. Uh, I have a scripture passage and then uh, the devotion. And so I suggest people read the scripture passage, read the devotion, and then meditate on the devotion, think about it, read it again, and uh, think about the main points. And then um, in uh, these uh, these books, uh, at the bottom, at the end, there's either a prayer point, which emerges from the devotion itself, something that uh, is uh, directly related to uh, what the devotion says about prayer. And sometimes there's an action uh, reflection kind of statement, uh, which means that uh, it gives us something to do in relation to what we've just read about prayer. So these can be done personally, but they also uh, can be done in a group setting because as you read the, uh, the devotion and meditate on the devotion, you can discuss the devotion in a group, and then uh, you can have a time of uh, prayer uh, to pray about the prayer point, and you can also, uh, in some of these, uh, have a reflection question that you can discuss with the group as well. So I think it, uh, it works uh, both uh, personally and also uh, as a group uh, devotion. Very good, very good. Um, how can uh, Calvin's teaching on prayer deepen the prayer life of Christians? Well, I'd say that the main advantage of reading theologians, especially one as uh, important as Calvin, uh, about a topic of prayer is that uh, Calvin provides a theological basis uh, for what he says about prayer. Uh, basic to that is his interpretation of Scripture, his uh, view of uh, the uh, what the Bible says about prayer, and as a commentator on Scripture, Calvin uh, dealt with all kinds of biblical passages and reflects on them uh, theologically. So. Uh, it's important for, for us as Christians to have a theological basis for what we do, and especially for prayer, because that's so central to the uh, life of our faith. So that prayer doesn't just depend on how you feel or don't feel at 8.30 in the morning, you know, before you've had your coffee, or uh, it isn't just uh, something that uh, you kind of take and leave, but rather uh, when you have a theological grounding uh, in prayer, and as you were just quoting from the book of Hebrews, uh, when you know that God wants you to come to the throne of grace, uh, that God commands us to pray, God desires us to pray, then uh, prayer is something for all the seasons of our lives. It doesn't just uh, depend on uh, how we are uh, feeling or what we think or whatever. We know that there's a theological grounding there that goes right to the heart of God, and that is uh, the most solid foundation uh, that you can have. Uh, amen. I, I absolutely agree. You, you were just touching on uh, Scripture. What role, to, according to Calvin, does uh, Scripture play in our prayer lives? Well, Scripture's uh, key because uh, it's through Scripture that we know who God is, what God does. We also know through Scripture that God wants us to pray. Uh, and uh, in our prayers, uh, what we learn from Scripture guide our prayers because Scripture, as the Word of God, uh, shows us uh, who God is, what God has done, and how God wants us to live. So as we uh, think of our prayers and what's important, then uh, Scripture is always the uh, foundation and also the, the kind of uh, of our prayers. Are we uh, praying for things that are in accord on will? Are we know uh, God's will in Scripture? And uh, that should always be the main focus of our prayers, uh, is to do God's will, to adjust our will to uh, what God uh, wants. So uh, prayer is a scripture key 
for uh, us in uh, in prayer, and uh, it is uh, the kind of way by which uh, we listen to God speaking to us uh, through the Scriptures by the power of the Holy Spirit, and then we respond to that uh, Spirit's leading as we pray. We trust the Spirit to guide our prayers, and so uh, we are in this kind of conversation with God, which is uh, Calvin's basic bumper sticker definition of prayer. Prayer is conversation with God, and so we both speak to God and we listen to God, mm-hmm. and uh, Scripture is the means or the kind of catalyst by which uh, this happens. So Scripture is uh, very much key to uh, prayer in our lives of faith. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Really, really well said. Uh, how can uh, Calvin's teaching on prayer help Christians who struggle with their prayer lives? Well, uh, Calvin, uh, in, in his Institutes, the longest chapter in Institutes was his big theological work, but the longest chapter was on prayer, uh, which is not what many people might think about when they hear the name John Calvin, but prayer was, uh, was so important uh, because it was important scripturally, and uh, since it is so important, uh, it is something that uh, sometimes uh, we either take for granted or we get disheartened, uh, we don't feel as though God is hearing us, we feel as though our prayers bounce off the ceiling and they don't uh, really get to God. And so uh, Calvin uh, was familiar with the struggle of prayer, these kind of things we face as obstacles of prayer. But on the basis of Scripture, he encourages us to uh, pray and keep on praying, uh, that we can look and listen for God's answers to our prayers, uh, even in ways we don't expect. And uh, that is uh, the encouragement of prayer that uh, keeps just continually praying because we never know whether uh, when we get up from our prayers an answer to our prayers might come to us immediately uh, and that would surprise us perhaps uh, it may be delayed uh, we don't know uh, how God is going to answer and so we have to wait but in that waiting we continue to have faith we continue to have trust and uh, that is the encouragement uh, as we struggle with prayer is uh, that because prayer is grounded in God's command and in the character of God, then we can trust that God hears and answers even when we get a bit discouraged. Yeah, that that what you just said there about the character of God that that is the that is the critical thing, right? I mean, people think, well, God doesn't care about me because my prayer didn't get answered. Well, like you just touched on, it's a theological thing, and God God cares for us. We know that it's not it's not based on our fickle feelings. It's grounded in his in the in the revelation of his word and in in his revealed character. And so the question becomes, as you said, trust one of trust, but it becomes one of God is unchangeable, right? And so we're unchanging. So we can trust him, you know, and what is God like? Uh, he's, he's holy. He's just, he's perfect. He's, he's loving. He's merciful. He's just, uh, so all of these things, they help inform our, our prayer lives. Um, and to those who struggle with prayer, you know, I've, I've been there too, you know, <laughs> sometimes it just feels like I'm numb. And how do you get through that? You, you can't just stay numb. You have to open the Bible and and read it and and study it and and warm as Thomas uh, 
I think it's Thomas Watson who said, you know, you need to warm yourself by the, by the, by the word and, uh, by meditating on it. And, and sometimes, you know, that helps. And, uh, but, but talking with other people can help too. It can help your prayer life. It can help not only you, you to be able to process things, but that by extension, it can help your prayer life. It, that that's helped me. Um, sometimes you just need to get some things off your chest and, and then you feel like, Hey, I can, I can pray. I can read. I can study. And, and, um, I I don't know. That's just for me. I don't know about anybody else, but it's helped me. So, well, where can uh, people go to find out more about uh, your work online, either on social media or otherwise, brother? Yeah, well, uh, you know, just uh, go to uh, Amazon.com and look for the book. Type the name. You'll see uh, all in front of you. Uh, they uh, give you a little bit of a, a preview of what the book's about, of course, and uh, you can order them. And uh, so, Amazon.com uh, would be the best place, I think. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you know, there's a lot that we could talk about about this topic of prayer, and just as we wrap up this interview, uh, can you give us a few takeaways? Yeah, again, uh, thinking of uh, just three titles of uh, kind of almost random uh, devotions. One is God calls us to prayer all the time. Uh, you know, Paul says, uh, pray without ceasing. Uh, some people say, well, then I can't go to the grocery or whatever because I have to just be in prayer. But uh, it means to have an attitude of prayer in the context of, of all of life. Prayer, if it is conversation with God, then prayer is like breathing. You breathe in and you breathe out. You talk and you listen. So that is the uh, context of uh, Christian life and experience. God calls us prayer all the time. Any time is a, is a time to pray. And then the second one is uh, God does not forsake or disappoint us. Uh, the psalmist says, cast your burden on the Lord and, and God will sustain you. And uh, so again, and it goes to this issue of despair and uh disappointment and so on, uh, even though it seems like that on the surface perhaps, uh, as you continue to live and trust in the Spirit and are led by the Spirit, then you find that God does not forsake us or disappointment. God is working out uh, God's divine purpose in our lives, and prayer is a part of the means by which God uses to open our eyes and to guide us and to uh, lead us in God's way. So prayer is uh, an important function because it helps uh, God's uh, will to be done to us, in us, through us. And then finally, uh, we pray in faith and hope. Uh, prayer without faith is uh, ineffectual. That is, why pray if you don't have faith? And so faith is uh, the key to prayer uh, in the sense that we uh, talk with God, trusting in God, uh, having faith in God, and having hope in God uh, to uh, take us from where we are to where God wants us to be. And uh, by prayer, our eyes can be opened and our uh, ears uh, open and uh, new visions for uh, our lives and ministries uh, can be uh, things that break in on us uh, unexpectedly over a period of time or very uh, quickly. So again, this is why prayer is the most exciting thing we can do because we never know uh, where it will lead us or how God is uh, going to speak to us uh, and work within us uh, through the process and practice of prayer. Oh, that that's beautiful, brother. Very well said. Well, I, I appreciate your time today, sir, and uh, thank you so much for your, your great and thoughtful answers in this wonderful book. Everybody, is Everyday Prayer with John Calvin. I encourage you to go ahead and pick it up. Thank you, sir. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. 
If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.